Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with part four of this message entitled, Steps to Holiness. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 6, verse 19. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great miracle you have performed in our life. Setting us free from bondage to Satan and sin and to this world and to this culture. Setting us free, not to roam free, but to be enslaved to righteousness, to obedience, to the gospel, to Jesus Christ. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you heard the story of John, a poor, miserable fisherman from Scotland? He had a wife and a number of children. But John was a drunkard. So he brought no money home. The family lived a life of extreme poverty. Then one day Jesus found John. The old John. And he made the bad tree into a good tree. Old John became new John. And he began to bring home all the little money he made. Stopped being a drunkard. And he gave the money to his wife. There was enough food. There was clothing, even new clothing. And the wife said, John, if you are going to behave like this, let's move into a better apartment. And he said, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So he went to the landlord and said, I want to move into a new rental place. And he said, you old drunk, you want to move into a new place? No. He said, I'm not the old John. I'm the new John. And here is the money. And they were surprised. And they moved into a new apartment. Drastic, fundamental, basic change. Those who are in Christ Jesus... New creation, old is gone, new has come, sir. Bearing new fruit for the glory of God. That's Christianity. He who stole, let him steal no longer. But let him work with his hands that he may have something to give. Drastic, fundamental change in our belief and in our behavior. Steps to holiness, part four. I want to speak about fruit bearing. If your life is compared to a field, and St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 9 says, You are God's field. So if your life is compared to a field, what type of harvest you are going to produce after 70 or 80? Or 20 or 50 years of your life. What type of fruit are you going to harvest at the end, sir? 
St. Paul in this passage, Romans 6, 19 through 22, speaks of only two kinds of fruits. Eternal death or eternal life. The bottom line of your life is going to be either shame or glory. And we all must give an account to God on the last day. What have you done with your life? Did you please God? Or did you please yourself? Are you a bad tree producing abundance of bitter, bad fruit? Or a good tree producing lots of sweet, good fruits. Friends, let me tell you, our days are all numbered. God controls the span of our lives. Soon we must exit, depart from this world when our time is up. John the Baptist said this, the axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Jesus said so. Already the word has gone out from the owner Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Yet in God's mercy and long suffering, one more year is granted. So I would say repent and produce good fruit, more fruit and much fruit, fruit that shall remain into eternity, fruit of good works, fruit of righteousness. Leading to holiness unto eternal life. Because friends without holiness no one shall see the Lord. So I want to speak about two points. First fruit from our past life. The old John. If you are a Christian your life of limited years. Is divided into two segments. Your past shameful life. And your present life that is pleasing to God. In the past we were slaves of our former master called sin. He was a powerful king. We had no choice but to obey sin implicitly. And we liked it, sir. We liked it. We gloried in that life of sin. We were bad trees producing bad fruits always. Remember what Jesus said. For from within out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality... Theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, 
envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. What a variety of bad fruits. We freely offered ourselves to sin. Our minds, our wills, and our affections. Our parts of bodies, eyes, ears, hands, feet, and our mouth. We praised sin and sinners and freely mocked God and his saints and his truth. We daily gratified the cravings of our flesh and dutifully obeyed its desires and thoughts. Paul says in Philippians 3 and verse 19, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. Those who serve sin know God. They know God. But they refuse to glorify him. By doing his holy will. Their thinking has become futile. And their foolish hearts hardened. We are told that they exchanged the glory of God for shame, for idolatry. So God gave them over to the doing of filthiness. God gave them over to shameful lusts, to homosexuality and lesbianism. And gave them over to a depraved mind. To do what ought not to be done. Their lives spiral down into the depth of the sewer. So listen to what St. Paul says. In Romans 1 beginning with verse 29. They were become filled With every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things but also approve of those who practice them. Paul says in Romans 6 and verse 19 Christians had a sinful and shameful past. Oh they were hard working. In the committing of evil 24-7. They worked hard. They toiled. They sweated in the service of Satan and sin. They did so readily. And with pleasure. They offered their body and soul. Their mind and their money in the service of master sin. For its temporal glandular excitement. So we read they were slaves of uncleanness. They were filthy. 
and prided in doing filth. They would even abort their own children for sinful pleasure. Yes, they were slaves of uncleanness. They were slaves of lawlessness. They hated God's law. They mocked God. And his holy, spiritual, righteous, and good laws by violating it. Their lives, that is our past lives, spiraled downward. From uncleanness to lawlessness to greater wickedness. When we were slaves of sin, that is before God in his mercy gave us new birth. And the gift of divine nature. We had absolutely nothing to do with righteousness. Nothing to do with God and his word and his church. We were a stench to God. Stench. Our total commitment was to sin and to sin alone. We served sin with Great demonic power. Remember the man who was possessed of a legion of demons. He was very active. He worked hard in the service of sin and self-destruction with great demon power. Even so every sinner, every man who refuses to confess Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord is a slave of sin. He is not free. He is not autonomous. He is a slave. He has nothing to do with righteousness and holiness. A sinner saves Satan by sinning. Which is the transgression of God's holy, righteous, good, spiritual laws. And so a sinner becomes like Satan. You read recently Psalm 135 and verse 18. Those who make idols will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. Watch out. Watch those old people who are unbelievers. You see them becoming like the devil. Uncouth and ugly. And wretched and miserable. All unbeliever is changed from one degree of ugliness to another degree of ugliness until one becomes like the devil as he gets older. Look at their face. A representation of Satan himself. Paul asked the question, the probing question in chapter 6 verse 21. He is asking Christians of Rome and all Christians to stop, reflect before proceeding. What is the question? When you served sin before you repented and believed in Jesus Christ, this is the question. What fruit were you having then? Paul is addressing our consciences. Look back, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, you lived in sin. What fruit were you having of which you are now ashamed? Not then. Oh, you were, you were glorying in it. 
Now as a Christian you are ashamed. You were not ashamed then of course. You were proud then of adultery and greed and idolatry and abortion and drunkenness and blasphemy and disobedience to parents, homosexuality and atheism. Proud. Now you are ashamed because you are not the old John. You are the new John. Now you are ashamed because by God's grace you see finally reality the pre-regenerate life was a sham and was shameful it was a waste it was destruction it was destruction of oneself and others you destroyed your wife your children your friends your neighbors It was destruction of health and wealth. Destruction of marriage and family. It was loss, sorrow. It was a life of guilt and depression and restlessness. It was a life of disease and addiction. What was the final outcome of serving sin? What did it profit you? What is the harvest? What is the bottom line of such a sinful life? Shame, uncleanness, lawlessness, wickedness, disease, destruction, depression, divorce, destitution, and death. And so we read verse 16 and verse 21 and verse 23 about death, death, death. Spiritual death, physical death, beyond that eternal death, sir. And in chapter 1, verse 32, I already read to you, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. They not only continue to do these very things, but also applaud and approve and praise those who practice them. Or look at chapter 7 and verse 5. For when we were controlled by the flesh, by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies so that we bore fruit for death. 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 What the Bible calls, sir, second death. Second death. Revelation 20 and verse 14. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Now you don't want to believe that. It is the very word of God. And you will die. And he lives forever. And will raise you up. And throw you into the lake of fire. Jesus Christ is speaking in Revelation 21 and verse 8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. 
Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is second death. Wages of sin is death, sir. What fruit were you having then? Pause, think, reflect. What fruit? Bad fruit, bitter fruit. Jesus said, what does it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul in eternal death? Waste, loss, death, shame. You lived 70 or 80 years. What do you have to show for? You want to see these people go over there into old people's home and you walk about you see people living there. Ask them, what do you have to show for? Their own children abandon them. And some of them are taken care of by the government. But when I look at an old man, I visualize when he was 17. When he was 18, when he was 25, when he was 35, the arrogance... And that voracious appetite for doing evil. What do you have to show for? Death and shame. Turn with me to Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68. The fruit of doing evil. Deuteronomy 28 verse 20 the Lord will send on you curses confusion and rebuke confusion verse 28 the Lord will afflict you with madness blindness confusion of mind and verse 65 among those nations you will find no repose No resting place for the sole of your foot. There the Lord will give you an anxious mind. Eyes weary with longing and despairing heart. You will live in constant suspense filled with dread both night and day. Never sure of your life. In the morning you will say if only it were evening. Because of the terror that will fill your hearts and sights that your eyes will see. What fruit were you having? Learn what fruit one gets by serving sin. It is shocking. Yet it is true. It is the very word of God speaking about reality in the end. Friends, sinners go down and down and down and down to death and hell. We are living at a time when shame is popular. Shame has come out of the closet. It is being paraded through the main street. Shame is no longer in the closet. It is in the parlor, in the living room, sir. On display for all to see when you come in. In Jeremiah 8 and verse 12, prophet Jeremiah asks 
Are they ashamed of their loathsome conduct? No. They have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down. When they are punished, says the Lord. What fruit were you having? Uncleanness. Lawlessness, wickedness, and death. Now, point number two, fruit of our present Christian life. Old John is gone, new John has come. Thanks be to God for the great change that happened to us. Thank God for God's saving action in Jesus Christ. Thank God for the atoning work of God's Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank God for the Spirit's regenerating work in us and making us good people. We were bad trees bearing bad, bitter fruit of shame and death. But God made us good trees, good people. Now we bear good fruits, good works we do. Now we serve God. Let's praise Him. And we serve our master righteousness. Now we obey from the heart the gospel to which we have been delivered. Now we choose not death by God's grace. We choose life. Everlasting life by the miracle of God. We are born again. We are born into the family of God. We are justified. We are adopted. We are set free from sin and Satan permanently. God sets us free. We are in Christ. We are kept by the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. We are indwelt and empowered by the Spirit of God. Thank God we are now able not to sin. And love God and keep his commandments. We are children of God. We are heirs of God. We have free access to God. We now worship God. Friends, we now read the word of God with a voracious appetite. We pray to God in the name of Christ. And God truly answers our prayers. And we are given grace of God. Grace that is greater than all our sins. Grace that is sufficient that we may abound in every good work. We were dead in sins. Now we are dead to sin. And living for God, sir. Before we had nothing to do with righteousness. Now we are joyful slaves of righteousness. Before we were sons of disobedience. Now we are children of obedience. Before we were working hard in the service of sin. Now we work hard. Yes. Christian life is hard work, sir. Now we work hard in the service of righteousness. Before we were ashamed, now we are truly proud of our new status as slaves of our Savior. We truly boast in God. He has done it all. He came to my hell and transported me to heaven. He destroyed my death by his death on the cross and gave me eternal life. Hallelujah. To obey God is not hard. It is joy. 
for me. For in my new nature I delight in God's law. Thank God he set me once for all free from bondage to sin. And enslaved me to God himself. And I'm proud of being given such a great dignity. I had none. But I am given glory. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. Paul gloried in it and so he introduces himself to Roman Christians. Paulus doulos Christue sucletos apostolos aphoris menos eis evangelion to you. Paul a slave of Christ Jesus called apostle set apart unto the gospel of God. Thank God for the amazing change in our lives. Thank God for that division in our life, past and present. Thank God for the change. We were, but now we are. We were bad trees, now we are good trees, bearing good fruit. We were sinners, but now we are saints of God. Paul calls Roman believers kletois, hagiois, called saints. Not called to be saints, called saints. Get used to that term. Called by God, saints. Let people of this world slander us, lie about us, mock us, no matter. God calls us saints. God calls us saints. He calls us friends. He calls us brothers. He calls us sons of God. For we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, O Pater. Thank God for the gospel age. Thank God for Jesus' incarnation. And here it is in chapter 3 and verse 21. But now. But now. This gospel age, the messianic age, the age of salvation, the age of deliverance, the age of the cross. Now. Look at chapter 6 and verse 19. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. But just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever increase in wickedness. So now. Now. Oh, look at verse 22. But now. You have been set free. Jesus Christ has come. Hallelujah. Thank God for the cross. Christ died for our sins and raised for our justification. Thank God for the messianic age. The age of good news. Now there is regeneration, redemption, freedom, justification, sanctification. This age of the spirit. Thank God. Spirit who dwells in me and teaches the will of God. Empowers me to work out. With fear and trembling, my salvation, which God Himself is working into me. 
I am set free from sin and I am enslaved to God. My life has fruits. I'm not a fruitless tree. I'm a branch united to the vine and so I bear fruit. And I am being pruned by God's grace to bear more fruit and much fruit to my Father's glory. Friends, I am to do all things for the glory of God. This I am enabled to do. Justification leads to sanctification, to holy living and obedient life. If it didn't do it, you are not justified, you are not saved. You are the same old John. The drunk, the liar, the lazy bum, the wicked. One who is committed to uncleanness and glory in excrement. I am saved. I am being saved and will be saved. Jesus is my righteousness. He is my sanctification and he is my glorification. I am a new creation. Old is gone. New has come. And what is the purpose of my new life? Here it is. Chapter 2 verse 10 of Ephesians For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of doing good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. If sin is lawlessness, obedience is lawfulness. And as such I do good works and walk in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I am not set free from the bondage of sin, free to roam. I heard the call, Matthew, deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me to death and resurrection. And look at verse 22, Paul assures us, we have, we have our fruit. We have our fruit of holiness. We are producing our fruit by divine energy. Fruit of holiness, fruit of good works, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, and peace. We have fruit. Take a look at Do you have fruit? If you don't, you are not saved. Because no Christian can go to heaven without fruit. This fruit of sanctification is the proof of our salvation. Eternal life is based on both justification and sanctification. That is holy life. Without holiness no one shall see God. Friends his name is Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. We have fruit. Let's praise God. We have fruit. We have fruit that abides, fruit that lasts to eternity, fruit unto eternal life. Our life is fruitful, not a waste or loss. There is a good harvest coming, a harvest of righteousness. Friends, we are good people. You see the silence because we cannot believe it. I'm going to say it again. Friends, we are good people. Because God who is good made us good. 
And we do good and influence people for good. As God's children, our Father disciplines us and trains us to do good. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and verse 24. And here we are told, and to put on the new self created to be like God in righteousness and holiness of the truth that is of the gospel. Those who believe the gospel will have righteousness and holiness. In Philippians 1 verse 11. It says filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. To the glory and praise of God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. And we pray. This in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work. And I spoke about divine chastisement from the classic passage Hebrews chapter 12 and what is the purpose of all the chastisement verse 11 of Hebrews 12 no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful but later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it we are to live as Jesus lived sir 1st John 2 verse 6 and 1st Peter 2 verse 24 and 21 we are to live as Jesus lived We are called and chosen to be holy and blameless in God's sight. We are to be like God, just like the sinner is like the devil. And Christ makes us holy. Let me read it to you from Ephesians chapter 1. And verse 4, take a look at it if you are a Christian. For he chose us in him, in Jesus Christ, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That is God's plan and purpose for our life. And he makes us holy and blameless. Chapter 5 of Ephesians, verse 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Purpose to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. God chose us to be holy and blameless and he makes us holy and blameless. The one who serves Satan becomes like Satan. One who serves Jesus Christ becomes like Jesus. From glory to glory, he's changing me. He is changing us here and now. We have fruit. We have fruit unto holiness, resulting in eternal life. Their end is death eternal. Our end is life eternal. Death for sinners begins here to experience in its fullness in hell. And eternal life for us begins here to experience in its fullness in communion with God in the new heaven and the new earth.
minutes and let me read to you what that is all about. Revelation 21, 3 and 4, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Friends, none can set you free from the bondage of sin and Satan. You try. You cannot save yourself. All religions and philosophies fail. Politics fail. Science fail. Everything fails. Only Jesus can set you free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And he sets me free. He set me free. And I am free. He sets you free. And you are free indeed. Let's praise him for freedom, sir. Freedom. Freedom. Hallelujah. And this life is in the Son, in Jesus Christ. It is not in anyone else. It is in the Son. Let me read this to you from John 6, verse 35. And may the Spirit of God speak to you. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who lives in me will never be thirsty. Come to Jesus. When Father draws you, come. When the Spirit draws you, come. When Christ draws you, come. And prove yourself to be an elect of God. And receive the bread of life. That you may never hunger or thirst. And start living. Producing fruit under Holiness leading to the fullness of joy in God's presence. All those who are justified by grace through faith alone. Let me tell you, follow Jesus in the way of righteousness. Led by the Spirit to obey the scripture. Taught faithfully by God's holy church. Producing a harvest of righteousness. Think about friends. It's very serious sir. Your days are numbered. And he controls the number. And soon your time is up. And I would like to see your face. Are you filled with joy or misery? Thank God he saved us. Hallelujah. Thank God we came when he drew us. We ate the bread of life. We drank the water of life. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to believe in your truth and be transformed by your truth. Even this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio of Part 4 of this message entitled Steps to Holiness. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.